What up, y'all? I'm Rajay. And I'm Shy, and welcome to the RXS Podcast. The podcast where we provide inspiration, motivation, and information to the music community. Yeah. What are we talking about today? I don't know, but we got a special guest that's going to help us figure it out. (laughs) Let's go. All right, y'all. So I'm here with my brother, Steven Pender. Yeah. Steven, how long have we known each other? Wow. 25. <laughs> <laughs> now, we know each other about, I think, I'd say about 20 plus years. Yeah. Bro, for real. Like, it's yeah. A, it's a long time, yo. Yeah, man. This is my brother for real. One yeah. of the dopest musicians I know. Yeah. Gang. Gang. Yeah. He has the hoodie on. So, yeah. Yeah. Buy it, y'all <laughs> stuff. Buy it. Yeah. It wears nice. <laughs> so, yeah. um, We're going to let Jess put it on the screen. The website is rajxshy.com. It's going to be a little hamburger at the top. You click it. Then you hit merchandise. And then you buy whatever you want. And yeah. spend your money. <laughs> and spend all your money. Just go there. Just wait. They ain't got nothing in their inventory. Just buy it all. <laughs> So, bro, I wanna um, I wanna do something dope. All right, you're one of the dopest musicians I know, the, and it's this is I'm not saying it because he my friend. Is it would be true if I didn't know him? <laughs> so I wanna know like, where did that start, bro? <laughs> uh, okay, all right, all right. Life story. Um, started playing at the age of two. Okay. Um, like. My first keyboard wasn't a regular keyboard, like just toy piano. So, all right, short story. Right, I'm a kid. I got this little yellow, like baby grand toy piano, right? Mm-hmm. I played the heck out of that joint. You hear me? You're like, clang, 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 clang. I played it so much till like you know how like got the three little legs on the. Them jokes were broke because I just be slamming it down. Do you remember this? Yeah. Now I'm gonna tell you something happened to that piano. Okay. Well, my big cousin got sick of hearing that piano one day. She broke the crap out of that joint, man. But I'm glad she did, cause then my mom went and bought me like this concert mate joint. Like, yo, I spent hours on the joint. I had choir rehearsal. We had revival. We had service. I mean, my teddy bears are lying. I was like, hey, you seen that part right there? Seen it? Hey, hey, you over here? My choir, you know. So your teddy bears was your choir. Yeah, listen, and them jokers could sing too. You hear me? <laughs> them jokers were sweet for her. Like, oh, I gotta sing it tonight. Yes, sir. We about to win some souls tonight. <laughs> yes, sir, boy. So, so start playing like in like even in like I started like hearing melodies and stuff and chords. Mm-hmm. Like the first song I learned was. Miracle Worker by Rance Allen, yes. Ooh. My favorite part was when you go to that, uh, like time after I wanted to know that diminished chord for the life of me. Yo, I spent yeah. like five hours trying to figure out that diminished chord. Once I learned that, John, I played it in everything I did. Yo, worship song <laughs> diminished, praise song diminished. I don't even think praise and worship out like that. I was like, I don't even care, yo. We about to church this thing. <laughs> time after time. <laughs> so, so how old were you at this point when you learned Miracle Ooh, Worker? I was about six. Dang. I was about you six. You started early, bro. Yeah, man. On so, the concert mate. Concert mate. 
So, and then like my dad would have like his uh cord. It was M. It was it an M something? He had the M one, right? Yes. Lord. And that joint broke. Uh-huh. So then he got the cord. Um, so the blue, the uh, like gray with the blue strip on it. Anyway, it was like the one after that, yo. Mm-hmm. Man, I used to rip that boy, yo. <laughs> my dad used to be mad. He like, yo, man, I need to practice too. <laughs> I'm like, dad, no, man, you got me this concept, mate. You got a real keyboard. Let me play this real keyboard. Not play the crap out of that joint, man. You hear me? Yeah. But you know. Yeah. Grateful for them times, because then eventually I moved to Oregon. Oh, yes. Yeah. What? How old were you when you moved to Oregon, and Ooh. what gave you the interest in Oregon? I'm going to take, like, real talk. All right, first of all, we had, like, you had to get to church early to play drums. <laughs> and, like, sometimes I get there a little late, you know. Because, <laughs> you know, I might forgot to put my tie, my clip on real good or something, you know, <laughs> something like that. So um, I would get to church, and then, like, at my granddaddy church, um, there was this, B3, just mm. sitting there. Only got played like twice a year. Oh. And I was like, you know what, yo? I, I don't have to compete with nobody if I play the organ. If I play the organ. Can't <laughs> <laughs> nobody take me off of that. So like one week, I was like, yo, it's like, I want to play the organ. He was like, get up there. <laughs> you didn't tell me twice. And then I just fell in love with it. Yeah. Like, and then like uh, watching like, People like um, Tam Williams. Yeah, shout um, out to Tam. People like Cornelius Renfro. Um, like so many like killer cats like growing up. Yeah. Just Mr. Sammy. Yes. Rest in peace, Mr. Sammy. <laughs> yeah, Sammy shout Barnes. out Mr. Sammy Barnes. Yo, he was, <laughs> listen. So like they inspired me to want to yeah. just like sit on Oregon. And I was yeah. like, yeah, I, like this is home for me, yo. Yeah. And then like a lot of times like as time progressed and like we, like my grandfather church transition, like a lot of people left. Mm-hmm. And um like then it became like I had to play organ because like there was no body else. Mm-hmm. So I play the organ, be weeks, I ain't had no drummer. Yeah. Or I play and then like now I'm like really, really good and then you got like some people who are not, you know. Anyway, so <laughs> you were like, You kinda playing by yourself. So, yeah. Like, so so that my- so the foundation of you being able to hold down an entire service by yourself because that's the thing that intrigued me when i first saw you i'm like he is a one-man band but it came from like nobody was there nobody was there like i had to be the drummer (laughs) i had to be the bass player the lead player (laughs) ox player (laughs) keys player and then sometimes i had to be the choir because like they wouldn't hear their parts and i'm like let me play this right quick so y'all can hear it yeah do top do so you were were you teaching at your granddad's church too at first oh yeah so um it came to the point to where like um my aunt who she's still at the church and she would teach the youth choir but she was like you know what you should do it Mm -hmm. i was like okay and like we would have choir rehearsals so then i end up becoming like the youth minister of music wow and then um as it progressed then i started having to do teach all the choirs and like it was like maximizing my gift yeah and then um i'll never forget the humility of my grandfather because he called me in his office one day he was like yo you know you're bigger than where we are right now and i was like because some granddaddies don't do that listen it's a lot of these family churches that need to let their people go (laughs) (laughs) Let your kids go, man. Man, we need to talk about that for a minute, like, cause I know some, I know some cats right now. Well, it's just one guy in particular. Mm -hmm. He's a little bit more free now because he grown, right? But he was good early, and every time he got an opportunity, he was like, 
I got to go play at my grandma's church. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's yeah, but I get it though. I get it, like I I get it to a degree. Um, but this is this is my my logic, um, especially with um hearing it from my grandfather. Mm. Like his thing was when he said, "If you want to be great, then you got to be surrounded by people who are far greater than you are." So he was like, "Yo, you need to go." He was like, "But don't forget where you come from." Yeah. So from time to time, I do stop back. You know, you still do that. I ain't done it in a while, but it's coming. Yeah. Know? Where you go home and you don't forget where you're from. And yeah, man. You, you know, you show your appreciation for home and your family and, you know, your upbringing because, I mean, that's who you are. Yeah. You're defined by what you've seen growing up and yeah. those atmospheres you've been in. So, you know, I'm grateful. Grateful for Shout out to your granddad. Yeah, man. Rest that. in peace. Because that's heavy. Miss that, man. That, that's heavy. For him to call you in the office and be like, you bigger than me. Yeah. He was like, he was like, you're like a big fish in a little pond. I was like, Oof, come on, man. He, had to say he was that. dropping jewels Yo, on you, dog. That joke was so wise, man. I was like, Oof. <laughs> you know, like even even down to like some of his like concepts of like understanding where you are. Like, I was the type of kid like I hated having to wear church clothes. Mm. Now I understand, like, although. It's not necessary, but it teaches you when you go into different sectors to understand that there's a culture to the space, a culture to the room. Yeah. And you got to dress up the part. Yeah. Like, that's like me saying, I'm going to go see the queen, or not the queen no more because she dead, but the (laughs) king of uh, England. (laughs) And I'm not in royal garments or my my finest wear, you know? Yeah. It's like, I'm I'm coming here with with this nice hoodie on that y'all should go buy, by the way. Um, uh-uh. Coming in with a hoodie on, I'm like, "Yo, what's up, King? What up? <laughs> no, I was like, what up? What up, you know King? What, what up, Your Majesty? Yo, hey, what up? Hey, what up, boss? Hey, y'all got something back? I'm hungry. <laughs> so, like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? You got to dress the part. You got yeah. you dress for success. I mean, yeah. So, so after leaving your granddad's church, where did you go? Mm, I went to um, Ebenezer, Ooh. Hadley Street, Wilson, North Carolina. Okay. The pastor at the time was um, Pastor Tawan Fuller. Okay. And I met Miss um, Teresa Reed. Okay. Who is my god sister, Kamala Dawson's mom. Shout out to Kamala. Kamala yeah. Dawson, my yeah. sister. Um, and that was um, an amazing experience because her mother literally became my mom, like my mm. second mom. And like the things that I needed to learn as a minister of music, I learned from her. Yeah. And like she gave me so many nuggets, so many tools. And she had this KB three hundred amp. That's the that's the amp listen, right now, boy. Listen, PB. Ah, oh, that KB is. Y'all need so. to do something. I don't know what y'all doing with these series now. Y'all need to go back to the KB three hundred days because that joke. That joke. But it was, was heavy though. I don't care. I will lift that thing up five flights of stairs if I need to. If it's gonna give me the sound, I want. Yeah. But yo, she so she let me use that amp. I know for like months, mm-hmm. and like every night she'll be like, I I need my amp back. I'm like, right, I'm gonna get back to you. I'm gonna get back to you. Then she had like this XP uh, 80 that she let's let me go. borrow. Let's so, go. I used to wear that joint <laughs> out. It was to the point she was like, you know, bring me my stuff back. You had it too long. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I'm bringing it. And I brought it back, and she didn't let me borrow it for a while. <laughs> but you know, I did get it back. And used uh, it. Yeah. So what's what's the biggest lesson you learned from her? The biggest lesson I learned from her was how to work with others 
and how to respect where people are. Um, wow. Explain, brother. So, like, she had this magical way of teaching anybody. She could teach kids. She could teach adults. And her approach would somewhat be similar, but it was to meet that need. Mm-hmm. Like, she knew what her kid, what the kids, because uh, she came from Piney Grove, which mm-hmm. is in Shout Wilson, out Piney too. Grove. So, um, and that's fa- that's a family church, so mm-hmm. they all related. So that was another thing. She, like, taught me how to work with family and then yeah. dude ain't family. But um, so with the kids, she could be firm because one is family, but she could be like, all right, I need y'all to get this, yeah. understand this. But then with the adults, she would be somewhat aggressive, but yet it's like, all right, I know you can do it. It was like more of a motivational kind of yeah. thing because every type of person, every generation handles what you receive differently. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, being an educator now, the kids that we have now are not the same as like we grew up. Yeah. So we have to approach them differently than we A do. lot more delicate. A lot mean? more delicate. Like everything, you have to be politically correct about everything. <laughs> That's the stress of a teacher. Look, look at his face. <laughs> oh, you got to go back too soon. Monday. <laughs> Monday. <laughs> so, um, but you know, so you, you really, with this generation today, you kind of got to be um, very empathetic yeah. Um. Everybody's upbringing bringing is not the same. Yeah. Like we grew up with people like we had some people that was like for the streets by raised by the streets. <laughs> a few of them, but everybody else for the most part grew to church. And then those they respected those who went to church. Yeah. And they respected those who were older than them and stuff. Yeah. The game has changed. They don't got no respect <laughs> the person. They will cuss you out and then walk out your room and be like, "I see you another day." <laughs> you like, see you next week. <laughs> yeah yeah so i got i got a um so when you were playing with camilla's mom how old mm. were you Ooh, i was uh 13 14 man. just kids killing killing so listen okay why are you doing that mm-hmm. when did we start playing with elder blackman Ooh, i was about was that the same time that was around the same time i was playing at that church and i was traveling with him Cause I was in middle school then. I was always sleepy. Man, considering we'll be at church till about two o'clock in the morning. Listen, Marshall Blackman had us out here like we were grown men. Listen, <laughs> my mama got so mad at him one time. <laughs> you all remember that? <laughs> Marshall, cause she Marshall. didn't. He didn't bring me home. Marshall, he ain't ever going with you again. He ain't going to again. I can't believe this boy got school. <laughs> And I was sitting in the car like, dang, I'm glad my mom a little bit more chill than that, yo. Like, yo, but he had us, we we like 12 and 13 years old, yeah. like doing revivals. Yeah, we were doing like mad revivals. Like going in yeah. that Lexus with that JBL. JBL, Yo, but it was crazy. So that was around that time. It was around that time. Yeah, yo, we learned a lot. That's where I learned like church from, like church, church. That's when I was like, man, Steve know how to do this church thing. I ain't really that sweet. <sighs> like, Steve, you really mastered it very early. I used to be like, this is unreal. I had to, though. I ain't going to lie, yo, because they would. like, They would be like, I hate turn it down, turn it down. I'm like, turn it down. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, because, you know, the moments, man, you got to be, you know, you got to navigate, navigate through those moments, right? Yeah. So you do it wrong, boy. You don't mess up the whole <laughs> service, boy. It be high and it just be low. Like, yeah. All right, we're moving on. Moving yeah, so on. How did, so how did you, um, 
what was your approach to learning how to navigate church services like that? Uh, so that's my gift. All right, my gift is learning how to read a room. Yes, sir. I learned that very, very young. Mm-hmm. Um, now applying it to music, um, there's a there's a certain type of feeling mm-hmm. or tone um, that's set in the room, and it's sometimes you're wrong. You know, like you're never gonna get it right all the time. Mm-hmm. Like even now with my twenty, thirty plus. No, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. Anyway, a lot of years of playing. Mm-hmm. Um, you start, you're like, you're like, dang, like, do we need to go this way? or do we not? But, like, you start understanding, like, like chords have meanings. Um, so recognizing um, certain chords, like major and minor or diminished or augmented, like those chords have a purpose. And you learn that. You know, somewhat with the learning, understanding the history, but also sitting in a room and just seeing how what chord makes people do what. Mm. Um, so learning early, I started like paying attention to what my dad did because my dad plays. Mm-hmm. So I paid attention to like how he would do like if it if it was like a we call it like rise up moment or like it's getting a high time like you know you use a lot of like diminished chords mm-hmm. or like uh like big kind of like making it big so it's mm-hmm. like it's like something's building mm-hmm. um but then if you wanted people to kind of simmer down then you play like little sweet little trend you know chord mm-hmm. like no sweet stuff you be doing <laughs> like, <laughs> and then they be messing around have a baptist fit and then holding the church but anyway you know so you know stuff like that like you learn how to like but it took me like trial and error mm-hmm. um but like but being cognitive that like all right although this is try and error like how you gonna recover if you do the wrong thing mm-hmm. um so like just being very very sensitive to that moment, in that moment, but mm-hmm. still be like, all right, let's figure this out. Yeah, so, that makes sense. Yes, I and agree. that's that's big because I think, I think as musicians in general, like sometimes we may we may focus on chops too much. Sometimes, oh, like yeah. the like you can't isolate your craft to the point where you don't know how to operate in any kind of room. Yeah. I, I Go have, ahead, man. So I call those type of musicians top-heavy musicians. Wow. Explain. All right. So first off, you can't build a house from the top. You got to have a strong foundation. Um, so what I'm noticing from – and it's with the advancement of technology where you got literally everything at your fingertips to, you know, your phone or – it's a literally a search away. You be like, well, how do you do this run? Yeah, you know. But it's because we have so much information that we forget that in order to get all of that color and extraness, you got to have something to get them there. Yeah. Um, so I think it's because people in it, but it takes time to understand foundation, and because we, we excuse me, wrong. because we live in a day where um, people seeing highlight reels, fast, and that's right. the thing, like. When you like us, we in the church. Marshall saying, "Y'all, we going to practice how to back me up preaching." Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> I'm gonna do this. Do y'all come in like this? All right, y'all come in like this. Bars. That's too many symbols. I don't right. need those. First, I just need me and Steve. Right. Then I'm gonna tell you. I'm gonna tell you when you and bars come in, and I don't need to hear a bunch of symbols. Right. I just need clean hits. Clean. Hits. Don't play no runs. Don't do no nothing. 
Yo, he, <laughs> yo, he, like, he literally told us, like, and I'm grateful for that now. But I'm like, yo, man, I'm not about to stay here a whole nother hour. <laughs> ain't it gonna lie, yo? Like, it was humbling, yo, because I'm like, yo, I know how to do church. I'm like, yeah. But then you gotta realize everybody don't know that. Yeah. You know, especially with working in the band, everybody ain't. Yeah, and then too, he's different than any other preacher. Oh yeah, he's totally. And different. so the method to the madness was discovered once we were in them services. Yep. So yep. then when it would play out, I'm yep. like, yep. oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I get yeah. it. Right. Yeah. And then you start hanging around Baptist folk like me. And then you start understanding like those who went to seminary, they have methods to why they do it. Mm-hmm. Like uh, one is the, like my pastor uses the dialectic method, mm-hmm. which is basically three points. And a close. And a close. Yeah. Uh, so that's an actual method. Oh, yeah, that's a method. It, and it's a couple of more I forgot on. But because he on, he he loves that method, he's been using it for years. Yeah. So um, it's like I know in the beginning, like if I'm playing for him and for a lot of preachers too, um, in the beginning you give them like little talk music. Yeah. And what Cedric Rawson calls him. Shout out to Cedric Rawson. Shout out to Cedric. Like he he says a you monster. sprinkle. You sprinkle them. So like you give them a little like they say something like they get to their title like they've already read the scripture padding. <laughs> and all that <laughs> yeah 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 you gotta get the drum on right <laughs> push me in you know, 16 8 you know you get a little bit low and then push it in like all that weird sound you know that weird yeah. stuff so then you know, give him to him but when he gets to whatever his topic is then you know Depends on the response of the, the congregation, whether you should, like, hype that up or not. Because mm. some sermons, like, it's literally to make you think. Yeah. And it doesn't require the church, that yeah. church feel. And um, so then, but once they get there, then they got to give you their, their background or their content. Like, what what is this about? Mm-hmm. And what happens is, because some of our younger ones and older ones do, they start like pushing that when and psychologically we ain't got it mm. and it's like all right let me give you the information let me give you the revelation then let me give you three things to really remember and then by that second and a half to third one that's when you can start assisting because it's starting to sink in wow what they call it at the end they call it um he's schooling um um I'll call it, I'll call it like, it's called celebratory. So at the end, when people close, that's really called the celebratory uh, aspect of it, mm-hmm. where it's like the revelation, but it's like the inspirational aspect where yeah. they uplift you. That's why they're closing, yeah. they're excited, they're in tune, because yeah. they're inspired, trying to inspire you to remember what they said. Wow. And that's where the close comes in. <laughs> Not no sooner. But then you, not, yeah. but you do have some preachers who be like, you know, I want it throughout the whole thing. I hate playing for those. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I ain't gonna say that, but they probably ain't sweet. <laughs> well, you got, I ain't got nothing now, to say. You got. <laughs> you got okay. So you got some that that are really really good, but they just like aggressive. Musicians. Okay, yeah. But then you have some that really ain't studied. <laughs> and be like, right, I'm gonna need you to help me because this sermon is only a quarter done. <laughs> You know, so yeah. I mean, that's what it is. So listen, so we, I of course I know all aspects of you. So I'm gonna ask questions about all of it. All right, cool. Where did like the classical interest come from? 
<laughs> Where did all right, that? So, all right, so the classical. For one, like, as a kid, I was very intrigued by classical music. Mm-hmm. I actually secretly wanted to be like Beethoven. Um, and uh, yeah, cause like he was a butthole, yo, for real. Like, <laughs> Beethoven was a butthole. You hear me? <laughs> I'm gonna tell you why he was a butthole. Yeah. Beethoven would he would go to bars, right? Um, and he would find like the the best pianists in there, cause they they would have like competitions, mm-hmm. and he would go in there and like demolish them <laughs> for no reason at all. <laughs> Yeah. Just because he was like just that great. Yeah. But then he would like compose pieces and he would make them extremely difficult just because he wanted people to be challenged to play it. That is you. <laughs> that is you. <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh my God. Steve is Beethoven. <laughs> Yo. Oh, wait. Like, he, like he would really like, he would, <laughs> it, but it like, Realistically, it almost makes you think like he he was because there is a debate to say if Beethoven was like part black. Whoa! Actually, a lot of composers like just based upon like the way he because in that time period that was a lot when um Africans and yeah the English and those were French like there was a melting pot so everybody was coming together. So it is possibly it's possible that he's there is a great ongoing debate. To say if Beethoven was a black man, yeah, all right, or at least a piece of at least, but in his biracial, in his compositions, you can kind of see it because those rhythms, yeah, are crazy. Yeah, like yeah. he's like by far one of the greatest composers because of the complexity of his pieces. Yeah, so but you know, so you, Beethoven made you be like, I like classical. Yeah. Now, I ain't going to lie. Now, if I sit and listen long enough, I get too relaxed because my mind is trying to break it down and I fall asleep. Uh, yeah. But once I wake up, I'm back in it again. Yeah. But, um, that's why I like classical. Now, the lady who taught me actually how to read music was lady named Rita Bennett. Shout out to Miss uh, Rita well, Bennett. Well, piano music because I could read vocal music in um middle school. Um, that's insane. So we have to go to that. So That was on my mind, but we'll go back to it. So she, I was getting ready to go to college, Elizabeth City. Shout out Elizabeth City, Elizabeth State, City University, State University, HBCU, HBCU. all day, every day, so, where you was teaching the choir, but we'll get to that. Yep. So uh, <laughs> I was getting ready to go to college, and I was very intimidated because I really wanted to know how to read piano music. Mm. And um, her son, who passed away, mm. um, we were really good friends. And she was like, she told my mom, she was like, I'll teach him. And, like, she would literally, like, come, I would go to her church, and uh, once a week, she would give me a lesson and she made sure I was prepared to read. And the interesting thing about that is when she started me out, I moved so fast that she had to like rapidly put me in different books. Wow. Because I learned it so fast. Yeah. Um, and I'm grateful for that. Cause when I went to college, they tried to put me in like regular piano class. You were like, <laughs> but because I would literally like go to class and I would be bored cause I could just play through it. And yeah. most of the time, I would just sight read it. I was just like, all right. Is, so is did it? they realize you were advanced? Oh, yeah. Because after they realized that, they was like, all right, we're going to have to put you in <laughs> applied piano. You're going to have an instructor. And she would my butt. You hear me? She told me. Uh, <laughs> For real? Yes. Yo. Mary Hillman. Yo, so she, shout out to Miss Hillman. Are you already teaching the choir at this point? Yeah. Because like, uh, it was. How gossip. did that start? How did you start doing that? So, um. You had University Choir, which I was in. Um, 
and then you had the gospel choir. And what happened was there was a change in leadership mm-hmm. to where the guy or the person who was in charge didn't want to do it anymore. And they weren't left with anybody. So um, one of the advisors, Donald McClain, who's a phenomenal musician, mm-hmm. great, great, one of the greatest people I've ever met in my life, he was like, he asked me this question. He said, what would you do if somebody had a need and you were able to supply it? Cause I was, I was like, I ain't doing that. Like they ain't, they ain't paying me. So they asked you to be the director. You said I ain't and I doing like, it, and then he know. asked you that. He asked me that. That's a bomb. He dropped a bomb he on you. He dropped a bomb on me, man. <laughs> it was humbling, yo. And um, I was like, you know what? I'll do it. So I stepped up. I did it, and even after I left the university, I was still doing it like, with the choir. With the choir, like they. So they how what were the? So was the choir when you started directing? Like were they good? Yeah, they were real good. For real? They've always been good. Shout out. They have always been What good. kind of songs did you teach them? Everything. Anything I could think of. I gave them, like, challenging stuff. Um, I didn't really mess much with choral stuff because we had the university choir. And but, the university choir really did that stuff. Yeah. But, let me tell you this, though. They had that choir do a Negro spiritual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shoot. Yeah. That joke is insane, though. Um, and then, um, sorry for coughing y'all. I don't know what's going on. I tell you what, it's been going on for the last two days, but I ain't lying. We need to put up, we need to put a mask on. Mask on. Yeah. Facts. I know you all right. Um, so you, now fortunate, now I was, uh, now. So you were, uh, you were a I was part both. of the, you were a part of the university. Yeah. And teaching the gospel choir. Yeah. I, and I was in both choirs. I was in the university choir and I was in the gospel choir. Now this is the kicker about this though. The director of the university choir did not like for his go- for his students to be in the gospel choir. Why? But because um, felt like it was too much of a strain. Because doing both. Doing both. Because I was the director of that choir, he allowed wow. the university students to be a part of that. Cause that's was, dope. And his sole answer was because I can trust you with him. I know you won't mm-hmm. have no screaming. I know you won't yes. have no abuse. And so, so vocally, he was scared that they wouldn't be able to handle two. They choirs. wouldn't be able to handle two choirs. That mm-hmm. makes sense. So, Steve, you 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 that guy everywhere you go, uh, man. Steve is very 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 extremely highly gifted. It is crazy. God is faithful. <laughs> so you you doing that? Um, so when you go to Elizabeth City, are you playing at anybody's church? Oh yes, I was playing at uh, Pastor Cedric Rouson's church then at that point. <laughs> Monster. And where's that at? Ooh, it's in his church now is in Chesapeake, Virginia. And where was it at then? It was in Portsmouth. How far was that from Elizabeth City? It was about an hour. And what they would do is every he well what Cedric would do is every Friday or Saturday he'll come pick me up. Spoiled boy. We some spoiled kids. And then I would go um before his mother passed, I would go to their house. Like if it was a spring break or summer break, I would go to their house and they treated me like (laughs) I was like, I mean, like, yeah. Pastor Cedric Rouse and his entire Shout family out. are my family. Yeah. Like, it was when it's my, I remember spring break, I woke up and I took over, I think I took over um, Cedric's room. <laughs> so he had to go sleep somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> um, but his sister, uh-huh. his mom, woke, she was like, hey, get up and cook Steven some breakfast. <laughs> Steve's so spoiled. And so Chris was like, all right. She's like, Steven, what you want for breakfast? Like, she didn't want to do it. 
She ain't mine. That's what <laughs> okay, I'm saying. Okay, okay, that's good. Mine. That's good. But it was the fact that like her mom was like, "Yo, this is your brother. Make sure your brother eat. eat. We yeah. gonna take care of him. He's home." Yeah. And like I was like. Whatever you cook, man. When I tell you, they had the spread. I had French toast, pancakes, bacon, eggs, sausage, stuff I ain't never seen before. I'm like, oh my goodness! <laughs> yeah. Like this is the life. And I watch cartoons all day. <laughs> College student watching old cartoons. Are you at this point, right? This time, I'm 18, 19, <laughs> watching cartoons like Back. Teen Titans. I remember. All right, this was um, this was their church, mm-hmm. and like they had like they had cable in the rooms. I remember going in the office. And um, I wanted to watch cartoons, and um, somebody changed the channel, and then I was like, "Turn that channel back to them cartoons so you can watch them." <laughs> Y'all know he was watching that. <laughs> I was like, "Yes, yes, I boy, you cartoons. Oh, you spoiled." So I'm at the church watching cartoons in the yeah, office because yeah. but I love them. Like I love the Rousins. They're yeah, amazing. shout out to them. So after after you get out of college, mm-hmm. what what's next? Moved back home um, briefly. That um, when you were playing in Weldon? Yep. And I playing for uh, in Weldon at First Baptist Church, Pastor Contrell Burrell. He was there when the you time. started? Yeah, he was there. Shout out Pastor Burrell. He's a beast. Um, How did you get over there? He knew about you. I was playing for him off and on. Mm. Like I would, He would uh, get me to come do their um, their youth conference every year. Mm-hmm. But Haywood, Sumner, basically. Shout out to Haywood. Um, so I would go and do uh, their youth retreat and like we just kind of clicked i was mm-hmm. like yo man i would really like for you to be here mm-hmm. and um so uh one thing about me if you if uh you never know i've always been assignment driven so any church that i serve serve at is an assignment thing so for that so time, it's not a money thing nah, not really. let's let's park let's All park right. we have to park why assignment I because um one, I've always been like, what is the need and what can I do to get the need done? Um, also, what am I to gain outside of money? If I look at it as just totally a money thing, now don't get me wrong, I got to survive. I got to be realistic. I got to be able to live from day to day. But at the same token, what am I doing to make an impact where I've been and what are they doing to impact me? Mm. So at this time, I'm at Pastor Rousen's church and I love their church. Mm-hmm. Like, I think when I get older and I retire, I'm going to join this church. Yeah. I love their church. Yeah. Um, And I literally had like a two month battle with the Lord because mm. I did not want to leave there. Mm. Um, But I had to because my next assignment was at Pastor Burrell's church. Yeah. So, um, I had a fight with that, and I remember sitting sitting in the room with uh, said, and uh, he was like, "I know you. I know it was coming. He was like, I knew it was your time. He was wow. like, I was just waiting for you to tell me. Whoa! So he didn't like no. So at every church, at every church you ever been at, was the transition always like the pastors always kind of knew what was going on? Yeah, and but and it's only solely because. I believe I've been because I've been assignment driven. There has not been any issue mm. with me moving because it was the place prepared for me. Yeah, man. So, um, and then I've been fortunate to serve under leaders who are cognitive of when it's time to release and when it's time to gain. Cause that's some pastors. <laughs> some pastors want you to play with them 
to the return of Christ. Listen, and then even after. Until he cracked the sky, right. you need to be over here. Right. Matter of fact, when, and when he cracked the sky, <laughs> I want you to make sure that if you don't go with him and I'm gone, you still here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I like, I like that whole, the idea of us being assignment driven. Yeah. Because I'm like that too. It's like when, when an opportunity or a situation is presented, it is important to kind of be like, okay, how, what, what about what I have can help them? Mm -hmm. What can I do to help them? Mm -hmm. What can they do to help me? And it become a mutual benefit, especially in a church, because it's like, we can so easily look at a church as somewhere we play yeah. and forget that we take part in shaping the people that come every Sunday. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are a part of our musical contribution to the service is a part of their spiritual development. It is. So you can't just be going to gig, man. Right. It's not a gig. <laughs> And and when I was younger, I I didn't I didn't I wasn't as cognitive of the words that I use. Yeah, like I knew the assignment that I had, but I was like, oh, I'm about to go do this gig at the church. No, I got service. Yeah, it's a service. It's a service. Yeah. Now, the bar I'm playing at that's a <laughs> that's gig. a gig. That's definitely <laughs> that's a gig. gig. That's a show. <laughs> yeah, I'm making my money. Yeah, I'm entertaining. I'm so entertaining. so let's talk about that. You were playing in churches and playing in bars? That is blasphemy, Stephen. How dare you? You are going to hell. Well, I see some of y'all there too at this point. Now, let's not not get it twisted, huh? I got but just as much Holy Ghost as them people that be in the church. Yeah. Um, But um, my thing is, it it brings me back to um, Jesus doing, performing for what we call the first miracle um, at the wedding. We know darn well they won't play no just the coastal walk to D. Yeah. And it's wine. And it was wine because he turned the water into wine. <laughs> they were, uh, like, I think I think we're so quick to um, to judge mm-hmm. those who who can actually be in those arenas who are spiritually capable of handling those settings. Now, don't get me wrong. There's some genres that there's definitely something behind it. Mm-hmm. Um. It's a great deal of genres, but there's also, I believe, there are musicians sometimes put in place to kind of deflect those things Mm. because we need music for everything. Yes, sir. If we go a day without... I don't know what... How about this? If we were to live the rest of our lives without sound, (laughs) tell me how your life would be. I'm serious. Like Even down to like clapping of your hands because everything makes a sound. Everything makes a sound. Yes, and because it makes a sound, it has a reason. You know what I'm saying? So if it's a reason behind it, then there's a reason why I need to go hear songs about love. Talk, you know Stephen. Uh, there's a reason why I need to hear a song about me being sad. Talk, um, There's Stephen. a reason why I need to hear songs about the holidays or about family. Or, or if you marry, there's a need to hear. Yeah. It's a need. It's a need. And I it's wrote a, a few of them. <laughs> so, so. It is it is possible to be a musician who's born and raised in the church, who plays at church on Sunday and does what people call secular gigs. Yeah. And they don't even It is not blasphemous what, to do that. No, it's not blasphemous. Um 
Because, first of all, it's probably them musicians that playing at the secular gigs that's going to get in heaven first. <laughs> <laughs> and probably some of y'all saving grace. <laughs> because that's the same anointed of music, musician that's going to be back home when he get off tour that's going to yeah. play heaven down. And Whoa. the Lord is still using them. Matter of fact, I'm going I'm to I'm I'm take it a step further. Because, again, you can't deny the oil that's on your life. There have been secular gigs that I've done. But people like, yo, there's something different about you, yo. And they're like, yo, what you played tonight really touched me. Mm-hmm. Now, now, how we gonna reach them if we ain't where they at? Cause they ain't coming. They ain't coming at eleven o'clock service. They sure they coming on eleven o'clock service. <laughs> yo, it, I, I mean, and, and like, if you really think, I mean, like, again, times have changed, yo. Like, I get it why you couldn't do it back in the day. Mm-hmm. Cause most of y'all didn't have self control. Let's be honest. Most of y'all didn't have self control. Most of y'all couldn't handle that. So you needed to have this structure. Or, yeah, it had or to. You had to put up a boundary because you didn't want to go back. Mm. But don't condemn those who do, and then say, "Well, you ain't gonna make it in because you ain't do what I did." Well, sometimes it don't take what you get through for me to get to them. Yeah, man. You know, so I mean, it's it's all about balance. You know? Yeah. Um. So yes, I play secular music. Yeah, and I enjoy it. Matter of fact, I am a secular artist <laughs> because Christmas music is not church music. <laughs> That's real talk, Steve. It's hilarious, but it's true. And we listen to Silver Bells. Oh my gosh, I feel so happy. Silver Bells. You listen to secular music. Secular, wow. The definition of secular music is any music that is not oriented in church that's secular music so anything that is not pertaining to god is secular music steve just dropped the educational bomb on us good god i need a minute so anything you create is it ain't by church or god it's secular music wow so so steven has just helped us like debunk the myth that all musicians that don't just play at church are going to hell that's not true that's not true and if true. if we would like to have a conversation, I'm not. I'm just gonna tell you, I stand where I stand, and the Lord has used me and blessed me and put me in places that no man could put me. Yeah, man. because of what I've done and what I do. Yeah, and I'm grateful for it. Yeah, man. So, so that's heavy. Let's move to decide. No, it's two things I want to talk about. I got to go back to music first. The choral thing. Like, what was your interest in being, like, because I know you said at your granddad's church you were teaching, but mm-hmm. did you like teaching? Oh, I loved it. I Actually, I would rather teach than play. I, well, I know that about you. I would but why? Teach. Tell the people why you would rather teach than play. So, my thing is, I like puzzles. Um, this man is killing me! I love puzzles. <laughs> uh, and I apply music as a puzzle. Um, like, it makes me feel, it makes me intrigued if you have a person who can who can't match a pitch and they're standing beside somebody who is and then like how to figure out to get them to yeah. see or hear what note they supposed to be on. And I laugh. I'm like, <laughs> I'm about to get you right. You know? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Cause it's like, again, like every singer is different and how they get there is different mm-hmm. and they're capable. It's just finding where to fit that you are right edu- puzzle. He is definitely an educator. Uh, I love it. Because being an ed, you see the good in everybody oh, when you're an educator. You sure what, do. babe? Thank you. 
You're welcome, sis. Yeah, welcome. yeah, yo. You're welcome. So, so you doing you being like the director of choirs and teaching, is that what made you interested in being an educator? Or no? Where did that come from? Well, I always wanted to be an educator, but my my method behind that is because I wanted people to be able to learn like I did. Um, because again, I wasn't always great. You know, I wasn't always the person who could read or the person like, and I wanted to one be an example to say that no matter where you come from, no matter how late you start, like you can do whatever you want to do. And it don't matter what skin color you are. Yes, sir. No matter what nationality you are. Yeah, man. No matter how fat, skinny, <laughs> hungry, you know. Although being hungry will get you there, but yeah. it don't matter how, you know, and it's therapeutic. You know, mm -hmm. music is the only thing that one can enter your mind without your permission and stay there. Wow. Music can enter your mind without permission. Without your permission. Think about it. Roll, roll, roll your boat gently down. Guess what? It's playing in your head, ain't it? Yep, you right there. I see you. It's in your head. You can't stop the song because you know it and you hear it and it enters your mind yeah. and it stays there yeah. for however long it needs to. Yeah, man. Which is why music is so powerful and necessary. So you actually teach music. What what grade you teach? So I teach music at the collegiate level now. Um, so I teach talk that talk, boy. I teach band and I teach gospel choir at uh, UMES University of Maryland Eastern Shore. Um, I've been there going on maybe nine or ten months now. Let's um, go! Wonderful opportunity. I'm grateful for it. Uh, we're in the process of building. Um, but a little bit about that. The choir last year before my um leadership had five people mm -hmm. the, band, the choir had five people choir had pe five people so it won't acquire it was a it ensemble. won't even it won't it was even a, an ensemble it was, it was a, a quartet group. <laughs> a quintet <laughs> it was a quintet yeah um but um since then it's grown to maybe i think i checked my roster maybe like 40 people now they ain't all active <laughs> <laughs> like members <laughs> Members on the roster. But I mean, you know, it's there's growth there. Um, yeah. And I believe, you know, with time that they'll grow to like 100, 200. Um, the yeah, band, man. I started with like 12 to 15 students. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're maybe at like 22, mm -hmm. uh, which is big growth. Um, But this is literally like starting from the ground up where it's like you're literally getting whoever can come. Yeah, because um, I haven't been able to do recruitment because I just got hired. So yeah, um, but, but bro, it's literally like a, it's like a movie playing in my head where this new guy comes, yeah, and he has to start a band and a choir, yeah. and then they end up winning competitions. It's literally right. like a movie. Right. It really feel like Sister Act too. Amen. <laughs> oh. oh, happy day. <laughs> oh, happy day. <laughs> So how so far how has that journey been like and mm. what's the biggest lesson you've learned through this journey of help of mm. growing that the biggest le oh well the biggest thing right now is um staying motivated mm -hmm. um and like seeing beyond where you are and I tell my students all the time like I'm like you are you are the legacy right now I was like and this program succeeds off of you mm. um 
And I say it can only grow with you being here. And a lot of them get it. Mm-hmm. Um, but seeing, it's like, it, it forces you to see beyond. Mm-hmm. Um, like, there's been a lot of battles that I had to face. Now, that's this is one of the different. There's been a lot of battles that I had to face um, because right now they're considered organizations. Um, so the space that we were in before was used by, like, every other organization on campus. Mm-hmm. We have a music building. And I was like, well, why can't we be there? And like at first I got like this major kickback. Like they was like, no, we can't have them in there. No, we're using that space. I'm like, y'all ain't used this space in over three years. Mm. So like I just kept like pushing, like, yo, they gotta have a place that's home. And I I applied it to like nomads. Like we're literally like nomads. We're having to go place to place, but we have nowhere to call home. And I was like, like we need this to be home. And after I said that, they kinda like, okay, we'll let you use it. So now we're like in a dedicated space where we can practice freely and like I can make make them older, make them So better. you believed in it enough to push for it. Yeah. And I'm gonna tell you why though. Because now and I just now I just got appointed to do the choir this year. Mm-hmm. Uh well this school year. Mm-hmm. Um last school year when I saw the band but when they didn't have a director, they were still functioning. And it inspired me because I'm like, yo, these students want this program to work so bad that they will take the risk of being able to function without a director. Yeah. Just to make sure it happens. Yeah. And like the moment I saw them do that, because I watched them at a basketball game, they didn't know who I was or nothing. Yeah. So I'm sitting there like as a stranger at a basketball game, I'm watching them like they're playing and like they're playing with heart. Yeah. Like, yo. And I fell in love with them. I was like, yo, I got to work with them. Yeah. I got to work with them. So, um, took the job. And mm-hmm. surprisingly, this one, like, it got to be an assignment thing. I had no, like, I didn't have much pushback from my students. Mm-hmm. Like, they literally work, welcomed me and embraced me as their leader. And, like, yeah. it, as if it, like, it was supposed to happen. It was yeah. like, yo, we're so glad you're here. Thank you for being a part of us. Thank you for doing this and that. Now, it ain't always perfect. Yeah. But the fact that, like, they welcomed Welcome me. You. To lead them, so that's my family. They're my, they're my kids. That so. is so fire, bro! You drop it. It's I'm, I'm speechless because it's like you've been preparing your whole life to have this opportunity. Yeah, that's the thing that I keep because I've been knowing Stephen for a very, very long time. So to 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 hear his story and to see where he is now and to understand that from learning the organ to learning how to read a room to learning how to um read piano music all of this prepared you for now it yeah. is literally every single thing that you've ever been through is the tools you need to operate at the highest level now yeah and Every morning, I'm grateful, you know, because it's like when you, when you're going through that as 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 a child, like you have ambition, you're like, well, you're like, well, Lord, well, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. You know, like what difference am I making? And um, it's humbling because you you want to make sure that you're doing the best that you can, mm-hmm. but it's encouraging at the same time. Like you got to keep doing this because now 
people are depending on you. Mm-hmm. And I think that was my constant drive, which is why I, like, I do assignment stuff. Because you'll be surprised at my, a lot of work that I've done that I have never been paid for. I know. <laughs> well, yeah, you know. <laughs> um, but and, it, and it was only because I was like, yo, I want to make sure that one, I'm helping those get to where they need to go because that's at that moment that's my assignment yeah um so and i I think that's important too for all us musicians out there all us singers it's like it's like chase impact yeah not clout yeah not checks impact because the thing about it is god will always reward you in a way that you never could have imagined if your focus is to make a difference yeah and if you want to be quite frank, anybody that you see, like that's really a world changer, aka Jacob Collier, who I'm dying to meet, uh, Corey Henry, yeah, um, you see those musicians, they ain't doing, they they never wanted to be famous. Mm. And if you if you look at a lot of like like monumental musicians. Their objective was never to be famous. They literally did it because they loved it and yeah. they wanted to make a difference. Yes. So, funny thing, here's the big nugget. The quickest way to fame is to not want to be it's famous. Not want to be famous. <laughs> not want the attention. Yeah. Yeah. That's heavy, bro. Ain't it? The quickest way to fame is to not want it. Think about it, but you know, it, but that really applies to anything in life. Yo, if you really want something, not want it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I ain't gonna lie to you, like for real, for real. Like I did not want to get married. Mm. I was like, yo, I'm good being single, <laughs> good being by myself. <laughs> I can travel the world, be where I want to be. And then along came my wife. I said, good God, <laughs> <laughs> I changed my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, bye-bye. That boy moved to a whole other state. I moved to a whole other state. <laughs> so, okay, let's talk about that. No. Okay. What is what is it like to balance mm. being a mu- being a musician, mm. being a college instructor, being a husband and a father? <laughs> Yo, I'm gonna tell you, like, yo, it is hard as crap. You hear me? When I tell you, my mind be like, bloop, 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 bloop. what the world? Yo, it, now I will say that in in all things, that has been the biggest struggle um, for myself personally because I'm all things to a lot of people. Um, so the and like we have conversations a lot, like um. You know, you're doing a little bit too much. Mm. And, like, I try, I say, I try my best to try and give everybody the time they're due. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I never stop being a father. I never stop being a husband. Like, when I'm needed, I'm needed. But, like, right for, like, right now, like, take, I'm building this program. So, right now, that needs a little bit more time. But it doesn't mean that I don't care about my spouse. So, I got a question. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Did you have this conversation with you? Oh, yes. Let's talk about it. Oh, I talked to my wife about it. Because sometimes us young husbands. Oh, yeah. Like, we mean well. We mean well. But we don't go. We don't go. Like, like we'll just be like, yo, man, 
I'm trying to build this program, bro. So right. I'm just about to go do it. You just need us to help No, that is not how that sir. works. No, indeed. No, indeed, boy. That is you not. better start planning. So I, I, I learned, like, I learned, well, I learned quickly, too. Listen, she was like, Steven, I'm sick of this. I'm sick of them students. I'm sick of it. You need to do something different because this ain't working. I'm like, babe. So, like, I literally, like, man, I'm grateful for it because, you know, although it causes us to have to communicate, communicate, communicate. Yeah. Um, but it's like, slowly but surely, once she start, when, and, and this is the thing. When you don't, when you don't see the the fruits, sometimes it makes you question like, are are you, like, why are you really doing this? But when you start, like, when I start showing her the fruits, mm. I'm like, all right, now this is what I'm what I'm doing, and this is why I have to do it. Like, and uh, she, and be honest with you, she helped me understand it. Like sometimes you really just gotta explain it and make it make sense, cause sometimes the math ain't mathing. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? It just ain't added up. Like, yeah. why are you at practice so long? And like, then she because started. Because that saying, doesn't make. Let's talk to our homies. Yo, listen. It don't make sense to our wife because if you just look at what we be doing without no explanation, yeah. it is stupid. Right. And the bottom line is this though: like, they want your time too. Yeah. You know, and you gotta. But I will see, and I ask the wives across America, <laughs> across the globe. All we're asking for is understanding. <laughs> Listen, I'm telling you, like, and I, I'm grateful because I get it. Now, and if you show me you understand, yo, I'll do. I'll break my darn neck <laughs> trying to make sure that I can do what I can yeah. for you. So I've been grateful because, like, although it was rough at first, and it's getting better. Um, um, I had like it took me really like trying to understand and let her hear my heart. Yeah. So musicians, you really gotta let your spouse or whoever you dating, let them hear your heart, and then give room for the response. Talk, talk, they right there, the people right there, up yeah. there. Uh, yeah, they up there. Talk to them. They up there. Yeah. Listen, we down here. They up there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, let me tell you right now. Let me tell you right now. Hey, you hear me right now? I'm gonna tell you right now. What you gotta do? Here's a nugget. Give you a nugget right now. What you gotta do is. Cut this right here. Open up your heart. And be like, boom, here it is. Yeah. This is what I'm trying to do. Yes. Right. This is this is what I need grace and understanding for. Yes, man. But then you gotta be respectful enough to hear her response and then meet halfway. Mm. Um, I've been gracious because I have somebody who can really hold it down, you yeah. know, while I'm building. Yes. But yet she ain't building, you know, she not holding it down alone. Yeah. Because when I do get home and I see that my girls are still up <laughs> and they might need a bath. All right. Let me, no matter how tired I am. Wow. Or what's going on. Like you, you take those moments and musicians, sometimes that's not appreciated right then. But you start letting that math add up, and that math start math. <laughs> yes, sir. You know, that it, accumulation. It Listen, cause like you know, you get it. Cause in that moment, you ain't thinking about that. You thinking about, well, why are you not here? Mm. You know, and there are a lot of distractions. You know that we can all easily fall in. So yeah, man. You gotta understand that. You know. Yeah. You understand that you you fine. Praise the Lord. So you went to her. You talked to her. You explained the vision. As the pro, so she was like, "All right, cool." And then as the process go on, you show her the fruit. Yep. Sure. So the then fruit. she's like, "Okay, I get it." Like case in point, a couple of weeks ago we had homecoming. 
Mm-hmm. Right, homecoming is when all the alumni that attended the university who heard whatever they heard, been experienced, come back home to the university for like a weekend and that part of that week. Yeah. And then they just see what's going on. So that week before, I had practice every day. Yeah. With the band. Because yeah. you ain't have stepping on homecoming. No, no, no. You can't have stepping. <laughs> I seen a lot of people get fired because they were half stepping. Whoa. Yeah. People have, directors have got fired because half, t- I mean, because homecoming performances was bad? Yeah. Because you ain't bearing no fruit. <laughs> Your band sound crappy. Because you ain't really putting that fire and working with them. They ain't sound like nothing. Yeah. What do we need you for? So That's by the huge. end of that year, the end of that year, they looking for somebody else. Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes, because you don't want no band that sucks. <laughs> Nobody wants well, I don't want no band like, yo, we went to homecoming, yo, it was dope, but that band sound bad. <laughs> you know what I'm mean? like, saying? I don't want no No, yeah. so I worked them like but and they and they appreciate it because I tell I tell my students all the time, like, would you rather me be honest to you or would you rather me pat you on the back while you're failing? It's like do you wanna be good or you wanna be great? I tell my choir that too. Like, do y'all wanna be good or you wanna be great? And I, I just be oh, wait, 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 wait. Do you want me to be honest with you or do you want me to pat you on the back while you're failing? Yeah. I don't know if you know how heavy that is, Steve. <laughs> I've never heard that before. That is some <laughs> monumental quote that I will be using for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I will put Stephen A. Pender. <laughs> Do you want me to be honest with you or do you want me to pat you on the back while you are failing? Yeah. Steve. Yeah. And you know I me, mean? I've always been brutally honest. Steve is definitely brutal. When it comes down to like stuff that's important to me, yeah, I'm gonna tell you the truth. Like, no, oh you are God. flat. <laughs> you sounded bad. Um yeah. but we can fix it. Yeah. Cause my thing is, all right, don't now don't tell somebody the truth and you ain't got no solution. Cause then you wasting time. You wasting all our time. What you tell me? You sound bad. Steve. But I ain't no singer though. I don't hey, sing. And you it's sound too many bad. gems. He dropping too many gems. My bad. Wait. Slow Wait, am down. I talking too long. I don't want. No. To slow down. Slow down. Okay. Don't tell me no problem. If you ain't got no solution, you got no solution. And there's too many people all around the world that have so many issues with stuff, but never have a solution. Or not willing to get in the trenches or get into that fire to help put it out. And it sucks. Because it's like, yo, why keep magnifying what's wrong, but then don't try and present a solution? Like, lose me. So so in situations, guys, when we are in situations. situations yes. In our lives. In our lives. <laughs> we're in a rise. We have to be, we have to like. It has to come in twos. Wherever you wherever you feel the need to express a problem, you should either have a solution or be willing to get in trenches, in the trenches to find the solution. That's heavy, Stephen. That is heavy. And that's the bottom line because <laughs> Stephen Pender, Stone Cold Steve Austin says so. <laughs> Bro, that is a good place to end it, though. Yeah. That is a good, because, like, man, yeah. babe, how many times we've been rocking with people that all, 
what you want me to do then? I don't know. Well, shut up then. And you know what? Like, <laughs> seriously, like, those are people that I learned to, like, understand where they are because they just ain't got there yet. Mm. And when you get there, then maybe we can talk more. But I know. Whatever you talking about, you can't handle that because you ain't about no solution. And I need people that can be. So, so do you know the Muffin Man? <laughs> Who lives on what lane? Drury Lane. <laughs> yes. What? What's that, baby? What I just say, the Muffin Man. N- no, the the situation where <laughs> you you make the conscious decision oh, yeah. to know how to handle people who are not solution. Yeah. So oriented. Because yeah, yeah, that's my principle now. Like the older I get, I learn how to meet people where they are, because everybody is not mentally, spiritually physically emotionally emotionally in the place that you are um and you got to accept that because again they are their environment they are what they see they are what they do because we're creatures of habit so you got to accept where they are not judge them but then be welcome when they do reach the place because it is easy to get so frustrated where a person is that by the time they grow, you already you so sick of them that you don't care that they have grown. Yep, you don't care. You don't care, which is why you gotta even more apply grace in that moment. Yes, you know, because we not all gonna be there. Like there's some areas that I ain't sweet at. You know, me either. You know, and in time, as I grow, you know, I will be. Yeah. But, you know, for those who really know me, then they know that I embrace that area and not be judgmental. Yeah. And not, uh, I can't deal with Steve because Steve don't know. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, no, meet them where they are. Yeah. Because just because they weak in that area don't mean they ain't weak in a, They might they be, may be strong in another, in another area. Now you just, you got literally like people in your life, you got to find what their strengths are and make sure you place them so that when you need them, they can. Execute. Assist you in the places that they are strong. Yeah. Right. Bro, this is a good conversation. <laughs> good conversation. Hey, she got something for us. It's not easy oh, to yeah. have grace. Where do you get the strength to have grace? Ooh. Well, I, I I look at it from this context. All right. If I want, if, if I need grace, then I need to extend grace. So, say, uh, and and you deal with it, you deal with it a lot being in leadership in church because you got so many different types of people. Amen, praise the Lord. All right, so, um, <laughs> say say this person has a bad attitude, right? Mm-hmm. My grace is I'm not gonna allow myself to be upset because you upset. What I'm what I'm gonna do is show compassion. Try to get to the root of what's going on with you. And if we can't come to a solution, then I'm going to say, well, I love you. And we're going to try this again next time. And then keep it moving. Yeah. It's like finding those areas where, you know, what's the problem. See if you can come up with a solution. So grace is not condoning the behavior. No. You don't have to condone the behavior. But you got to be empathetic. Mm. Because obviously it's something much deeper Mm. as to why they're at in the way they are. And mm. sometimes and it, not everybody can do that because not everyone has the patience. But I will say this, if you want to make an impact in the world, it's going to require patience with people 
because everybody don't think like you think. Everybody has different perspectives. I mean, I'm married to my wife. My wife do not think like I think. You know what I'm saying? And I respect where she is, and yeah. she respects where I am because we two different people. But you put us two together. Let's go. We're going to tear this world upside down. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you you you've you think about yourself when it's time to extend grace. All like the, the time. same grace that I would want, I have to extend. I have to extend. So that's basically humility. Yeah. You have to be humble enough. To give somebody what you would want if you mm-hmm. slipping, yeah, or if you got an attitude, yeah, or if yo if you singing flat, yeah, if you singing flat, cause I could be singing flat, you know. So how can I fix this? Yeah, you know, cause obviously maybe it's maybe you're not supporting enough. Mm. Maybe you just need to raise your eyebrows. <laughs> maybe you need to think a little higher, cause you're <laughs> a little bit lower, you know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like you know, so you got yeah. like you know, and then like and that's why I say like I love puzzles, cause it's like. If this was me, then why would I have done that? You know, yeah. or what I need, what I need, how can I fix? So it? you're you know? a critical thinker. Oh yes, believe it. Or is not, that yeah. all? Is that I could imagine that being just as bad as it is good. Does your critical thinking get in the way sometimes? Oh, there's a party going on right here <laughs> all the time. You know, like there, there's, there's a constant wrestle. Okay. Um, because one, I like stuff to be right. He definitely does, guys. It got to be right. It got to be right. And I need it to be right. Um, but I have to also be realistic. That's what the battle is. It is not always going to be right. <laughs> Prime example, I'm going to tell you this. Like, I wanted, I had the perfect wedding in my mind. Um, musically. Like, I had the best singers. I had the best musicians. But my wedding didn't start on time. Yeah. Um, the selections that I wanted them to do, some of them were not done. And... Pastor Sedger Robson said this. He said, well, if everything was perfect, then you would have forgot the real intent while you were doing it. And the real moment was you get married. married. So even if the music was horrible, if everything goes to hell, excuse my French, I ain't no cuss word. Anyway, everything goes down the drain. This is a wedding for two people what to get married. What was the real moment? What's it's the not, real? It's it, not a live recording. It's not a live recording. It's <laughs> To be honest, even them be flaming. <laughs> and them overdose that y'all hear in the vinyl product be the real. Ah, yes. You know? So let's, let's, that's heavy. Yeah. Focus, instead of focusing on perfection, focus on the real intent and what the the actual outcome is yeah. supposed to be like. Yeah. But you still got to be cognitive that you want to give your best. Your best. You can't give your words and be like, all right, well, we're going to do the best you can. All right. Because then that goes back to you patting them on the back. Why they're they failing. failing. Jesus. I ain't trying to do that. Man, I got time for that. So give your best. Mm-hmm. Present your best. Be prepared. But don't wig out when it don't ain't perfect. Out. Don't wig out when it's perfect. Because it can be fixed. <laughs> all things can be fixed. But when you in it, because I know what it's like. For things to not go perfect mm-hmm. and then to have that like that loop in your head mentally. Yeah. yeah. Like for instance, me and my wife just did a funeral the other day. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace to the person that passed away. So Steve, so Steve, Steve, you are about to cry laughing. Uh oh. Cause you played the organ. I sure did. Okay. So remember there was a reference lead vocal? <laughs> 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 Steve! 
I bounced the song, Steve, for us to listen to. And then, <laughs> that's the boy. <laughs> I can't get it out. I can't get it out. Oh, Jesus. I'm losing my voice. <laughs> listen, Steve. So she starts singing. And at first, you can't tell. Right. All of a sudden, <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> that's the reference. But I'm talking about smacking in the house. <laughs> Reference vocal, she's singing on top of it. She looks at me. I go, I forgot to take the reference out. But here's the thing. She was de- she was devastated. And she said, I feel like it was a waste of time, right? But I'm about to I'm about to mess y'all up. Cause I'm about to blow your mind. Listen. Her response to this, and she didn't even tell me this. We have not even talked about it. Her extreme stress and anxiety about that mistake was because of people that were in the room. There were certain people in the room that she didn't want to fail in front of. And I caught that. I'm like, I know why you feel the way you feel, but I'm about to pull out my phone so I could tell you, so I could tell you, Steve, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. what my response was to that situation. Uh, One second. Uh, uh, but I figured it out. I said, that's what it was. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's uh, what it was. But I told her, because mm-hmm, she was she was bent out of shape. I said, um, my word no. Um, I ain't come all the way down here for crying right out. Everybody want to know. I said, I said, we are not going to do everything perfect mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. Then I said, I've cried and been in deep depression about those kind of mistakes. And I won't do that ever again mm-hmm. or give mistakes unnecessary energy. This is exactly what I sent her mm-hmm. because I know what it's like yeah. for I know what it's like to want to be perfect, mm-hmm. not because, not because your best, not because perfection comes from your best, mm-hmm. but because there's certain people you don't want to fail in front of. Yeah, 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 and not wanting to fail in front of uh, front of people could be your biggest downfall. It could crush you because you forget who you're doing it for. And now, watch this. After that, a lady comes up to her uh-huh. and says, oh, my God, do y'all have a card? This was so amazing. Do y'all do this for all funerals around the city? Well, no, ma'am. We absolutely don't. But thank you. And and when that lady came up to her, of course, I didn't talk, I didn't talk to my wife about it because mm-hmm. she was really been out of shape. Mm-hmm. But I said to myself, the person that you were scared to fail in front of didn't approach you and say nothing. But the a person that you impacted that you don't even know even told know. you how great of a job you did don't with the mistake. With the mistake. Because you know what? Ooh! Realistically, let's think about this, though. The average consumer <laughs> don't hear it anyway. <laughs> but they do hear the greatness. Yes, man. So, yeah, I feel you. That's, bro, this is fun. Yeah, it is. This is good. Like, it's a yeah. lot. We, t- 
This is crazy. I'm on live television. <laughs> I'm on television. I'm on around the world. <laughs> I feel famous. That's I'm international. <laughs> so, yeah, but I don't even know how to close at this point. We gave way more than three points. Yeah, we did. We and did. I don't know how to close. I do. Well, Lord, <laughs> I'm reminded of a man named David. <laughs> Who was anointed to be king? Yes, sir. Well, <laughs> some of y'all ain't doing the work, but you want to be king. Come on! I declare to you, do the work. Do the work. And those who will see you will acknowledge the king in you. Amen. Will there be one today? He really did. He really did just close. I don't need. Should we go there, Bay? David was anointed king. He was. Before he was appointed king. He was. He was. David was anointed king before he was appointed king. He was. He out in the fields, dog. Yep. Killing bears, lions, lions tigers. tigers. Oh, my. Oh, my. And giants, too. Yes. So, listen. He out there with the slingshot. He taking care of the sheep. He killing the predators that are trying to attack the sheep. First of all, he's a shepherd, which means service first. We can't even get to king without serving yeah. first. Listen. So he's serving. He he taking care of the sheep. He got the slingshot. He doing his thing. He doing his thug thizzle or whatever. So then an opportunity comes where he got to kill a giant. First of all, Steve, do they come? Do they come looking for so the boys the before though. that? See. See, yeah, you, cause you know. See, but this is the thing though, the Lord already knows where the king is. He already knew it was, knew it was in Jesse's house. Cause they asked him. They said he brought his he brought his sons. He said, "Well, do you have another, another son? one? Cause so these ain't it." And then what did he say? Well, I got one, but I don't think he's fit for. It. He's out in the fields right now. He is. If he's out in the field, he's fit for it. Why? Because he working. And the oil didn't fall down until it went over his head. Jesus. Mm-hmm. I listen to listen to the story. Well, I got one more, but I don't think he fit to be king. He, fit to be king. he out there in the field. Yeah. Taking care of sheep. Taking care of sheep. And slaying ligers and tigers and bears, oh my. Yeah. Yep. And then shortly after. His brothers who are in the army mm-hmm. are at war. And they hungry, right? They hungry. And he's coming to get them food. Serving again. He's serving again. He just come. He Uber Eats, like Michael Todd said. <laughs> he Uber Eats out, he Uber here. Eats out here. He coming to give sandwiches to his brothers. Yep. He ain't even thinking about it. That's the crazy thing. But sees that there is a need. And everybody else is not there. At this point, everybody's afraid. They're like, we can't beat that giant. And he gets angry within himself. He said, well, if y'all ain't going to do it, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And then slays the giant. But before he slays the giant, (coughs) excuse me, y'all. Before he slays the giant, they try to put their armor on him. Yeah. And he like, this is a little too heavy, dog. This ain't going to work for me. So then he goes to the slingshot. Yeah. I pull it out, hit him, hit my man in the head. He out of here. Cut his head off. Hey, this the man y'all couldn't defeat. I got him. Yep. But he was only able to do that because he was prepared. Mm-hmm. So then we now we got to tell the story. Mm-hmm. So after he slayed the giant, 
It's still some time before he appointed king. Oh right? yeah, it's definitely time. There's time because Saul is the king. Yes, yeah, Saul is point. the king, and they start making songs about David. They say they uh, Saul killed thousands, but David kills tens of thousands. Yes. So when when Saul is in the um, is is one of Saul's servants? Son. The, so who who does David play the demon out of? King Saul. He's he's vexed with the spirit. So what? Uh, Oh, oh my God! So, See, what yeah. about when you have to free the person whose place you've been appointed to take, but it's not time for you to take that place yet? That takes humility. It takes humility. If I, oh my God, I know I'm next in line. I know I'm next. I know he don't want me to be next, and I remember. still got to help him. Because you gotta remember when he played it, he threw a spear at him. Mm. But it didn't hit him. And David had to flee. But yet that spirit was gone. So it says sometimes even those who you have to serve may come after you because they're intimidated by the power you possess. <laughs> you possess. But you still have to serve. You still have because serving is the vehicle to becoming king. He never stopped serving. Never. Never started serving. And, and he did some jacked up stuff he too. Sure did. He did some jacked up stuff. Well, he lost his son behind it. Crazy. Which says, y'all, we ain't going to be perfect. We're going to be out here wilding and still have. We, we'll we be out here tearing up stuff, literally. <laughs> <laughs> and still king. Yep. Car windows and everything. <laughs> so that's heavy like. Just being yeah. in a place of service. Yeah. It's it's like your story, bro. It's yeah. like you've been serving this whole entire time, and then the opportunity comes for you to be a what's the proper term? You are a instructor? Director. Director mm-hmm. at this college, right? Mm-hmm. But you've been working, bro. And working. And you've been serving. And still working and serving. Yes. You know, because I mean, even outside of that, I still serve at my church. Yeah. Still do the gigs. I still yeah. do that, and I but I do that because I want my students to know that one, you got somebody who actually can really do this thing. Because I mean, you don't want to. You can respect the person who actually is a professional. Yes, you know because they're not just um, they're not just theoretical. Yeah, they're not just reading books yeah. and regurgitating information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and I think we need more educators like that. Who are actively in their field. So the students can feel like he's my teacher. She's my teacher. They are older than me, but he or she is one of us. Yeah. 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 Jeez. This, I, I don't, babe, I don't know. This is just so good. I, I don't know. I just can't tell it all. So good. I just can't tell it all. Yo, I don't, I guess we're done. Are we done? Do you have anything else, Bay? Steve, do you have anything else you want to say? Is there anything that's been on your heart that you want to discuss? Yeah, follow me on Instagram. Let's go. <laughs> Give it to him. Listen, I need some followers. Amen. <laughs> uh, Tell them where to follow I'm you at. at. The threshold. So um, you can follow me on Instagram at Real Steven, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, Pender, P-E-N-D-O. E R. Mm-hmm. You can follow me on 
TikTok, same name, real Stephen Pender. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can follow me on my fan page on Facebook, mm-hmm. Stephen Pender, mm-hmm. and um, YouTube, Stephen Pender. Mm-hmm. And uh, just follow me, you know. Yeah, yeah, man, he's very inspirational and extremely gifted. Okay, so are you doing? Are you giving like any lessons or anything? Or you don't have time for that right now? Yeah, I actually am. I'm um, especially top of the year. I'm gonna start back. Um, I wanted to do 40 students, but I'm going to have to chop it down a little bit. So I think I'm going to try and do like 15 to 20 students. And can these students live anywhere? Yeah. So anywhere. how do they contact you? <clears throat> so you can contact me by uh, either going to my website, www.steven-pender.com. Or you can uh, send me a DM message mm-hmm. um, on one of my social media pages and somebody from my team will get back with you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Come on team. Um, and I think you'll love the experience because it's, it can be virtual. Um, and you're able to see the display keys. We record every session and then you can go and play back at your own leisure. Yeah. man. Um, so yeah, give it a try. You know. Yeah. So y'all go follow him. Y'all go grab that merch too. Yeah. Just put that on the screen. That's rajxshy.com. Go up to the little hamburger, hit it, hit merchandise, boom, make it happen. Look at this guy. <laughs> okay, okay. All right, we love y'all. Yeah. Peace. Peace.